Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. So glad you are in the house of faith today. That's what I want you to get out of our time in the Word today. I want to preach to you, and I want you to hear it with the spirit of faith. Hear the spirit of faith in what I have to say to you. And if you'll hear it like that, it'll charge you up on the inside, and you'll, you'll be done with this broadcast, and you will be ready to, to just set your hand to whatever God's called you to. And just, I love it when the spirit of faith rises up big in me. I just feel unstoppable. I just feel like, come on, God, let's do this. Let's get it done. And that's what happens when you preach with the spirit of faith, you listen with the spirit of faith. That's what I want to happen today in our time in the word. And of course, I want you to see Jesus in a way you never have before. I want him to manifest himself to you and your eyes just come open to who he is in you and through you and for you. Father, we worship you today and thank you so much for your word. Lord, we are nothing without your word. We've got nothing to say. We've got nothing to, to, to put our faith in, but with your word, with your word, we have your presence. We have, we have Jesus because he is the word made flesh. So we believe, we believe we receive today eyes that see him, ears that hear him, and hearts that understand who we are in him and who he is in us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna go back to the book of John where we've been over the last several weeks. And if you've missed any of the broadcasts leading up to today, we've been talking about this place of intimacy with our father that's available to us. Based on what we're finding out from what Jesus said here in John chapter 15, you missed any of, those, any of those broadcasts, just download the Legacy Studios app and you can watch them all there. You can watch them at pearsonsministries.com. Do what it takes to get caught up because we've been having an awesome time just getting into this. We've, we've got a small room full of people, people here behind cameras and we're just, we're excited. So I know you can be too. But I wanna continue in this today. We're probably gonna wrap up our study for now. But in John chapter 15, Let's read one more time everything Jesus said here about abiding in him and the fruit that we can bear in our lives as the result of that. John 15, look at verse one. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? That it may bear more fruit. You gotta come to the place in your life where this is a, a quality decision that you've made. I wanna bear this kind of fruit. I want to bear evidence and proof in my life that number one, that there is a God and number two, that he will work in me and through me. And that's what the, this fruit is. It's evidence, just like fruit hanging off the branches of a tree is evidence of what kind of seed got sown. The fruit of the Spirit in your life and mine is evidence of the seed of the Spirit, the seed of the Word that got sown in our lives. And Jesus is all about us abiding and bearing fruit, abiding and bearing fruit. And, you know, the Word here is pretty stern concerning those that aren't bearing fruit. You know, some months ago, we talked about being uh, fit for our Master's use and how God loves every one of us, how Jesus has called every one of us, but not every one of us are being used. Not every one of us are in shape and ready to be used. And this is a really another way of saying that. There are people who aren't bearing fruit. They are branches in the vine of Jesus, but they're not bearing any fruit. And he's saying, listen, I can't, I can't use you. If you're, not gonna, if you're not gonna abide in me, and if you're not going to let my word abide in you, then 
then I can't produce fruit through you and I can't use you as evidence and proof to the world around you that I exist. I believe this is what he's saying to us. Let's keep going here. In verse four, he says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine and neither can you unless you abide in me. This is why many Christians fail to receive from God because they're not abiding in him, staying connected to him and to his word. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. And if you abide in me though, and Jesus said in verse seven, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. And by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the fathers love me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Now we've said already over these broadcasts that this word abide really just means to stay. That's probably the word we would use to best describe this, just stay. Jesus said it in other words, in, in other ways, in other places. He said, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples. The exact same word translated to continue there is the same word translated abide. It means the same thing, just stay, just stay. And I said this to you over the last couple of broadcasts, and I really want to jump into it and an understanding of it a little more now. But you know, we have a, a, maybe a limited understanding of what this really means to abide. And we can see it pretty clearly here with what Jesus is saying. And really through the picture that his words paint, he makes it pretty obvious. Just like a branch that's been disconnected from the vine, that branch is never gonna bear any fruit. That's why you've never seen a branch laying on the ground with a bunch of red, ripe apples hanging off of it. Why? Because that branch can't produce anything of itself. For it to have any fruit on it, its job is to stay connected. And the moment there's any distance at all whatsoever between branch and vine, then that has totally cut off that flow of life. And when you cut off the flow of life, you cut off all the fruit. Jesus knows this. Let me tell you who else knows it. Satan knows it. That's why his whole thing is to try to get between you and God. Try to get between you and your time with God, your fellowship with Jesus. If he can bring distraction into your life, if he can bring anything into your life that would cause you to disconnect from that time in God, he knows that if he can somehow cut that off, He can then cut off that flow of life coming to you. And then if he can cut off the flow of life, he can cut off all the fruit that you're supposed to bear. And we understand this to a degree. I mean, obviously, if we're not connected to Jesus, then there's not going to be fruit. And that fruit could be healing. That fruit could be salvation. That fruit could be prosperity. That fruit could be any and all of the fruit of the Spirit. If you're not abiding in Jesus, you can't expect to bear any of that. We get it. And I know you get that. But Jesus said all this in John 15, and it culminated to a point in John 16, verse one, when he said, look, I said all this to you for one reason, that you would not be offended. 
Other translations like the New King James say that you wouldn't be made to stumble. I like it when when certain words in the original language get translated a number of different ways because it really helps you understand everything that was packed into that word. So the same word that got translated offense was translated made to stumble. And if you look the word up, you find out that's exactly what it means. An offense is something that somebody just gets tripped up on. It's, it's a stumbling stone, a block that's in somebody's way and they're walking along and they don't see it and they trip on it and they stumble or they fall. The word offense literally means a falling away. Have you ever heard of two people that used to be close to each other, but something happened, something got between them and then there was a falling out? All these words we use to describe these things that happen, that they're all rooted here. And when two people who've been brought together, especially two people who've been brought together by God, there's supposed to be an intimacy there. There's supposed to be a closeness there. Why? Because God is using that relationship as a flow and a channel of life coming to each other, through each other, for each other. But if Satan can get between them and through stupid little offenses, little, little stones in the road that people get tripped up on, if he can trip you up and cause you to stumble, cause the relationship to stumble, and then there's a falling away, then there is a cut off of the flow of life there. And the reason I bring this up is because I think many people understand that to bear fruit in God, they've got to abide in him. And yet they're not as diligent to abide, not just in God, but what is of God. In other words, there are relationships, people, that God has brought into your life, that he has put them in your life and you in theirs with the expectation that you'd abide in that relationship. You cannot abide in God while you disconnect from what is of God. You can't abide in him and disconnect from what is of him. I really hope this is making sense to you. When I say it, I get it. I see it. I see what's happening in the lives of people all around. Marriages, that have been brought together. People, a man and a woman that were brought together by God in the eyes of God. But something happens and Satan gets between them and an offense takes place. And the next thing you know, they're separated. How interesting is it that that's the legal term we use to describe two people who were made one in the eyes of God, but because of offense are now separated. It's not just a legal term. It's a very clear picture of what is taking place spiritually. There's separation. We must be diligent to guard not only our relationship with God, but our relationships with people who are of God in our lives. We have to guard these. Why? Because if it's of God, then there's supposed to be fruit that comes as the result of our relationship with them. Let me show this to you in scripture. Go to the book of Psalms, chapter 68. And in verse six, listen to what it says. It says, God sets the solitary in a family. God sets the solitary. What is solitary? Solitary is just someone who's alone. One, solitary just means one. 
And I want that to paint a picture for you of a person who's totally disconnected from anyone and anything, solitary. Let me tell you, God is not into solitary. He's not into you being out there on your own. Why? Because when you're on your own, you're not connected to anyone and there's no life coming to you and there's no life coming through you. And God's not into you being solitary. So what does he do? He sets the solitary in families. Now, I think we read that and to a degree, we think, oh, wow, God, that, that's so sweet. That, that's so compassionate. Of course it is. It is the heart of compassion. It's the heart of a father that does that. A father wants to see the family together. So we get this image of God compassionately picking up the solitary and setting them in the family. And that's right, but I don't think that's the full picture because when you look up the word set, it doesn't just mean like, you know, that claw game where you try to get the claw and you pick up that stuffed animal or whatever and you, you just bloop, drop it in the bucket. I think that's sometimes the image we get that sometimes God has just clawed out this single solitary one and bloop, dropped him in a family. That, I don't think that. <laughs> the word set there, if you look it up, you know what you might be surprised to find that it means? It means abide. It means to stay. In other words, God has set you in a family with the expectation that you'd stay there. Think of the word set in the way concrete sets. It gets poured and for a little while, it's, it's sort of a, a, a liquid, a, a, a substance that has some movement to it. But man, when that thing sets, when that block of concrete or pavement, when that thing has set, it's not going anywhere. And I want you to think that way when you read what we see here in the book of Psalms, that God takes that person who is solitary, again, totally disconnected, not connected to a family, not connected to any flow of life coming to them. And if there's no flow of life coming to them, then there's certainly no flow of life going through them to anybody else. They're not in a family. So what God has done and what he will do for you or anybody else who will let him is he will find the perfect family where you belong. And listen to what the result of it is. He sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. That's a huge thought right there. To think that your prosperity could be connected to you being in the family he puts you in. Now, of course, that certainly could apply to the, to the global body and family of Christ Jesus. Yes, of course. But you know as well as I do that there are families within this family all over the world and that there is a group of people that you belong to and that you belong with. And if it's in a body of believers in a church or in a family Wherever it is, I'm telling you, there is somebody and a group of somebodies that you belong to, that you belong with, because your prosperity is waiting on you there. Oh, praise God. I mean, can you see this? I wonder how many people are dwelling solitary, 
disconnected. He went on to say, it's the rebellious that dwell in a dry land. Well, what's dry land? That's land where you can produce no fruit. You can't grow fruit in a dry land. It requires fertile soil. It requires ground that can receive a seed. It requires ground that can be watered, allowed to develop and grow and then produce fruit. And according to this scripture, I said, according to this scripture, part of that fruit is your prosperity. You prospering has everything to do with you being in the family God set you in. You're going to have to find that family. And when he sets you there, you have to stay there. And you know, Sarah and I talk to our staff, our interns, our ministry apprentices. We, we talk pretty frequently about this. I could go through person after person after person. You know, it's not a, not a huge staff, but what is it? Six or 10 of us, something like that around here on a daily basis. And we could go through every single one of them. And there's a story about how God connected them to us and us to them. And I believe that their prosperity and our prosperity is dependent on us being in the family God put us in, remaining in that family. And every single one of us could go through and tell you opportunities, had an opportunity here to disconnect. A little something came up here. Maybe, maybe something got said in a way that rubbed this one funny or tried to serve as an offense to that one. Every one of those are opportunities to trip up. But you got to watch your step, man. You got to watch your step. Because just like everybody here who has had an opportunity to disconnect from this family at one point or another, you have opportunities to get tripped up on something that will try to disconnect you from the family that God has put you in. But don't let it happen. Why? Because your prosperity is there. Your prosperity is there. I believe God puts people with families for two primary reasons. Let's, let's take somebody that he's put in a church, in a church family. Why would he put a person or a family unit in that family unit? Well, I believe it's for two primary reasons. Number one, it's because that place has something they need. Why would God put you in a family? Why would God put you in a church? It's because that place has something you need. But I believe there's another reason too. It's not just because that place has something you need. I believe it's because that place needs something you have. And when you and I will remain set in the family he puts us in, there will be a flow of life flowing from me to you, from you to me, through each other. And we start bearing the fruit God has called us to bear together. And it's no wonder that Satan puts these little stumbling blocks in people's path and they get tripped up in their relationships with each other. And they think that they're abiding in God, but you can't really successfully abide in him while you disconnect from what is of him. Some of you maybe have heard me tell this story before, and I've only got a couple minutes. I'll have to tell the short version of it. But the Lord set me up one time and I met a lady 
total stranger to me. I met her and spoke to her one time, never spoke to her again. It was a very interesting situation, but she saw me. I was out of town and I was getting ready to minister in another state and just waiting outside the hotel. And she comes walking up and uh, she's got two young boys with her. Come to find out she's their grandmother. She sees me holding my Bible and she says, oh, are you a believer? Yes, ma'am, I am. And she asked me what church I was a part of and told her I was ministering at a church in town there. And she said, oh yeah, I used to go to that church. I used to go to that church. She didn't seem upset about it or anything. But her story was, she said, as a matter of fact, my grandson put her hands on the older of the two boys that she had with her. She said, he was healed of autism there, which is, I mean, just astounding to me. You talk about fruit, proof of God to heal your son, your grandson of a condition that medical science will tell you you cannot be healed of. She said, yeah, he was healed of autism there. Told me the whole story about how God had sent this guest minister into the church that night. That man told the whole testimony about how his son was healed of autism. The boy's mother went up to the guest speaker and said, that was for me. I need you to pray for me. My son's been diagnosed autistic. He's never said a word. Pray for me. That minister prayed for her that night. The next day he started speaking. And that had been two years to the point where I was standing there talking to that woman. And she said, you know what? From that point to this one, his speech has totally improved. And now he's speaking on an age appropriate level where he's supposed to be. He's been healed. What a miracle, what fruit. And in the back of my mind, I'm I'm thinking, you know, praise God, but you used to go there? And she starts telling me the whole story of why we left, why they left the church. And she told me it was because, you know, they started studying some other things, still Christian people. But here was the big reason. You ready? Here's the big reason they left the place where their family was changed forever and their son and grandson was healed of autism. The big reason was that they found out Christmas is a pagan holiday. And it just caused them to start studying this other direction. And they left. And I remember driving away that night thinking, Lord, you showed me this. This was a setup. And he said, Jeremy, my people are leaving the family. I've put them in all over the place for reasons like this and no better. People disconnecting from this flow of life that's changing them. And they find some reason, something simple, something stupid, and they get offended. Now, that's not just getting feelings hurt. You can get feelings hurt without being offended. You can get feelings hurt, but that's your opportunity to say, you know what? I'm not letting anything disconnect me from the flow of life that I'm receiving in this place. My prosperity is here. That's an enemy to intimacy to try to disconnect you. If God has set you in a family, he sets you there with the expectation that you'd stay there. Don't let anything pull you out of that. Now, if he wants to move you, you let him do it. But that's not being moved by offense. That's not being moved by anything but the Spirit of God speaking to you and letting him connect you to somewhere else. But too many people are leaving a place, leaving a family, and going nowhere. And if that's you, then I want you to know you're out there and you're solitary and you're dwelling in a dry land and there's no prosperity there. Your prosperity has everything to do with you finding the family he put you in 
and staying put. Just like a dog, a brilliant dog who sits when it's told to sit, who stays when it's told to stay. Can you and I please just be as brilliant as our dogs? And when God says sit, we sit. And when he says stay, we stay. Man, if he could do that, there is no limit to the fruit he could produce through us. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 